like we were like your Christmas and Easter kind of Jew. Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Hanukkah, Passover. Yeah, Ramadan. <laughs> no? No, no. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, not that one, yeah. <laughs> you skipped over Ramadan? Yeah. I, I thought that was a biggie. Yeah, not 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 for us. Um <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Ramadan? There's, there's, there's nothing racist What's wrong about with that? golden calves? I don't understand. <laughs> Ramadan. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Ah, uh, we just you gonna jump into this? Boom! Right, that's that's, how, it that's how it starts, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, witnessing this train wreck. Uh, we are the Uncultured Saints podcast. I'm Pastor Harrison Goodman from San Antonio, Texas, and uh, <sighs> Pastor Eli Leitzow pa- yeah. is, is jamming yeah. out from Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Yeah, we've been talking for like uh, 45 that's minutes, true. and we do a. Uh, this is where we usually get our, our 15 second little snippet that we put at the beginning everything of the show. else is inappropriate we've got we've got a lot of them uh but uh i think we can only use yeah one. yeah it's a bummer <laughs> yeah there's some yeah, good ones we'll, we'll do a behind the scenes tour sometime that's right <laughs> ramadan so uh, what are we doing today <laughs> um more more parables <laughs> um today we are, are doing the the uh the parable uh from luke chapter 14 uh the the parable of the master of the feast uh uh, sometimes also called the parable of the great banquet uh again luke chapter 14 beginning at verse 15 it reads yeah well hold on hold on i was sounding out the words and everything yeah no you're doing good uh we usually don't get into the actual parable that sorry um no that's fine um most of we yeah we call it banter. Most people don't. Um, but we get, uh, we're going to do the parable. I think we're going to focus a lot on that. But this parable is maybe one of the most straightforward uh, of, of the ones that we're going to be going over. But I think, I think we have to actually uh, tie this into what comes uh, before. So setting up the, the whole scene of what's happening here is uh, Jesus is at a... Uh, Jesus is at a Pharisee's house on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. right? So he's, he's having the uh, Sabbath meal uh, at a Pharisee's house. Uh, he heals the guy, and, and we'll get into more of this. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, for, for those of you who aren't uh, medical professionals, uh, I think the, uh, the, the, the technical term that we use for that now is uh, butterfingers. Um, yeah. He drops things all the time. I need no? an adult. <laughs> That's not what drops mm. these is. Butterfingers. So are you a fan of Butterfingers? <laughs> I so Butterfingers are the weirdest candy bar because like some bites you get that crisp and and it's a wonderful experience. And some bites it's that like yeah. I don't know if somebody's already slobbered on it in the factory and you try and chew and it's just like <laughs> It's this this rock that won't crunch because it's somehow both crunchy and chewy at this it 
It's yeah. and th- those bites are the worst. It, it's like the Russian roulette of of um, high cl- of of diabetes. I, I don't know. Yeah, no butterfingers. It's 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 a very when it's good, mm-hmm. it's good. And when it's awful, it's yeah. like this podcast. It's yeah, yeah. You get a you get a stale mm-hmm. one, right? But uh, yeah, Bart Simpson got me hooked on those back in the eighties. So advertisement uh, really uh, worked on you then. Yeah, no, it did. It did. Uh, I've, I've been doing a deep dive into 80s candies uh, lately because uh, they got my kids uh, pixie sticks. Mm. They don't, they do not stand the test Okay, of time. but so. They're not ha- good. Have you ever been to Texas? Um, we have this thing down here called Bucky's, which is, it's it's a yeah. gas station, um, but but like texas sized and so like you'll walk in and the bathroom is literally the size of my entire house and there's legitimately about a hundred urinals in there and they're they're all actually clean but bucky's does everything and it's ridiculous they have they have a houseware section it's a gas station it's in totally just a gas station but but it's texas sized so one of the things they have there is this this giant tower of pixie sticks and it's 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 legitimately about twenty feet tall, and there's this this big cylinder, and you can rotate it and pick your flavors, and you can fill up your own plastic pixie stick that is between you know one and three feet tall. Um, yeah, okay. you, you select neat. your, your flavors, good. you mix and you match. And my son had had asked me for one for the better part of a year before I broke down and I gave it to him, um, and he ate the whole thing all at once. And yeah, that was the best thing to give my child on a road trip was just a, a foot long of sugar. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's yeah. good. Those I, I was more good. of a. I, or do you like the the paper no, one so that you kind of just turn it all to gone? Yeah. Eat, eat, yeah. eat the paper Oof, too. No, no, no. Pass. no. I don't think pixie sticks are as good. I was the fun dip guy. Yeah, I, I, fun dip. I can the get down with stick. fun dip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, this guy with dropsy, uh, it's edema is what it is. It's swelling inside your uh, your uh, extremities. Uh, and sometimes your so face yeah, too, right? Like it can be a, a deformative condition too. Yeah, I think it can. And uh, I mean, medically speaking, I'm no medical professional, but I, I think uh, there's a lot of reasons uh, that a doctor could say you could have that. Back then they didn't really know. And I think, I think they just, there was the assumption that the dude was unclean. And, and maybe some of the things that he was doing attributed to the fact that he got this disease. Uh, so, yeah. So, But that's going to come into play. So, uh, Jesus heals this guy with dropsy. Uh, and then he uh, says another parable. A parable of a wedding feast. Not the one that we're all familiar with, with the garments. Uh, but a different one. It's, I don't know, it's kind of less than a parable. It, it Basically, he's talking to the, the, the Pharisee who... Uh, who is throwing the the dinner party uh and basically saying hey um no he's sorry excuse me he's, he's talking to all the people who are invited and he's saying hey when you're invited to a, a dinner party uh don't sit at the uh the best table but we'll get into that too so uh you were gonna read i Go was read. how much of the the stuff before because the the parable starts at verse 15 but do you want the the stuff before that yeah go ahead with Verse 12. All right, here we go. So uh, Luke 14, beginning at verse 12. Jesus also said to the man who had invited him, a Pharisee, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. 
And when one of those who reclined at the table the what? heard it, these things, he said to him, <laughs> Did you say the just? The just. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I sounded it out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I ruined it. Like, do you critique people when they read scripture? Like, just uh, on a regular basis. I'm sorry, what did you say? How did you pronounce that name? Jeez, who? When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blasted is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a banquet and invited many. And at that time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. And the first said to him, I have bought a field. I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And the other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master, and the master of his house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor, and the crippled, and the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges, and compel the people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. I'm sorry, what did you say? Thanks be to God. I said thanks no, I be to God. Fun of, I was making fun of you. From, <laughs> from the time from before. Okay. Yeah, no, I got it. Yep. All right. So where is Jesus? He's at a banquet. Mm-hmm. I, right? I mean, he's at a, a, uh, a dinner right. party. And... Yeah, and he's at a dinner party of a Pharisee, and this was pretty normal. I mean, this is what Jesus did, at least probably at the, the beginning of his, his ministry, right? Uh, and this is and not just Jesus, but this is what rabbis would do, right? If, if, especially if it was a traveling rabbi. Um, it's a weird term. I don't know if it's a real one. But um, when, when you went into a city and, and you were invited to speak at, uh, at a synagogue uh, as a rabbi, uh, that evening, you also probably went to one of the prominent members, uh, Pharisees' uh, houses. But question, uh, though. So sorry, this is this is a fancy shindig, right? Like, there's probably more than one fork, and you have to know how to use them. And, and this is this is the prominent Pharisee who uh, was a member of the synagogue where, where Jesus was was teaching. Um, but you told me that this guy with dropsy would have been unclean uh, and just utterly not fit in there. Like, what's he doing at this super fancy party? Like that that's out of place like me at a super fancy party. Yeah, I don't know. Um I think there's there's another place in scripture where this kind of happens too, um, where uh, a prostitute is able to get into one of these shindigs, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and so the question is, uh is is this man with dropsy uh just really sly? Uh, I mean, can, is, is he like a cat burglar? Well, I mean, you're not, you're going to uh, or... notice him though. Um, plus he'd be dropping everything apparently not due if, to his disease. Not if, um, <laughs> not if he's dressed like a ninja. 
That's right. If he was a ninja with dropsy, far less conspicuous. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But no, I've, I've always just kind of wondered, like, isn't it weird how these people who Jesus isn't supposed to be dealing with always end up at these super fancy parties where Jesus would never be otherwise running across them just so the Pharisees can can prove a point. Boy, what a coinky dink. Yeah. No, I and I, th- I think that's got to be the way it, it, it is, right? I don't think this, this man with dropsy was one of the invited guests. I don't think he was uh, one of the Pharisees. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, Luke isn't specific. But I, I, I got to believe that this man is like you're kind of inferring there, Pastor Goodman. Implying. Uh, he's I'm a plant. implying. You're inferring. Right? Yeah. Implying. I don't know the difference. But I'm telling you the difference. Um, <laughs> it's pronounced just. You're implying. <laughs> you're just. You're implying that uh, that this guy is a I plant, am. right? That, that, that the Pharisees... Uh, said, hey, uh, cousin Rick uh, has dropsy. Uh, he hasn't been around the, the, the family too much because he's unclean. But this bring him today uh, to put Jesus to the test. Is that what you're That implying? is what I'm implying. You are correctly inferring. Um, it, it's just, <laughs> I mean, how, how uncomfortable does this have to be, though, if you're the guy who actually has dropsy, like to be the object lesson of, uh, of the night? <laughs> Well, and and the object lesson of uh, we're bringing you in here, uh, we're going to give you a good meal, uh, but it's because you're unclean, and we want everybody to know you're unclean, uh, and we want Jesus to be forced into a position where he treats you uh, like we've treated you uh, all these years. That or maybe we just really want to feel better about the way we've treated you all these years, so if Jesus is doing it, maybe we'll get away with it. Well, if Jesus if Jesus does it, then we are, it could be right. Then we're justified. Uh, or uh, I think I think they weren't really looking to be justified because they couldn't care at all what Jesus That's is true. saying. Uh, I think is, you're right. I think they I think they just want to make sure that Jesus is in their camp, That's fair. right? And if you got if you got this guy with dropsy, um, yeah. Not only is he uh, not only is he unclean but it 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 being the sabbath uh there's not much that jesus can do about it until he does do something about it right right but he immediately starts talking about it too even after healing him he 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 gives this this lesson about those who are seated at the place of dishonor and they are invited up to a place of honor um he, he 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 enacts that um that this man who's there um to be the laughing stock of the party literally um the, the the object lesson of what not to be um by the end of it he is the one who who is in honor um in a place of honor simply because jesus has mercy on him well but before we even get there jesus is already putting everybody else in mm-hmm. their place right so uh this guy with drops he shows up and Jesus responds to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, hey, guys, uh, obviously this guy is here for a reason. Uh, is, it, is it lawful uh, for you to heal on the Sabbath? Uh, and they, they can't say anything, right? Uh, and they probably can't say anything because uh, they realize that Jesus knows uh, that this is all just a big setup. Right? I guess they're not too... Uh, uh, they're they're not too smart about this. Well, I mean, if it is a trap, they're not going to step on it themselves. They know it's there. It, it, it's just it, it's sort of saying it, Jesus is is pointing at the bear trap in the room and said, "Hey, why don't why don't why don't you step in this?" Yeah, yeah. So so, anyways, they they're silent, 
and Jesus uh, then just says, uh, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna heal this man with dropsy." But then he turns it on them again, right? And he says, uh, "So which one of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath, will not immediately pull him out?" And they couldn't say anything again. And I think this is a little bit twofold, right? <clears throat> they couldn't say anything. Uh, first, because all of them understand that if they have this, this just make this a, a horrible tragedy, right? Uh, you got your three-year-old son who falls into a well and it happens to uh, be the Sabbath. You're not waiting 24 hours to pull him mm -hmm. out. You're getting down there and you're getting that kid out of the well. They all know that they would do that. <clears throat> and they're oxen too, right? They know that uh, this oxen is an important uh, an important animal. It actually plows my fields. It, it, it puts food on my table. Uh, I'm going to make sure that this oxen is, is fine. So they don't have an issue with quote unquote working or even quote unquote saving on the Sabbath. What's their issue? Their issue is, is how they look doing it. Um, their, their issue is, is how they, they stand uh, in society in light of this. Am I, am I off base? Well, I, don't, I, I didn't think about that way. Uh, where I was going was their issue is who is the one who's getting healed, right? So basically their argument is some people are worthy of you breaking the Sabbath for. If it's your son, go ahead and break the Sabbath. But if you're doing it for this guy with dropsy, <clears throat> this guy who's already unclean and unfit to be in our presence and then you're not only going to hang out with him but you're going to he you're going to break the third commandment for his benefit you're not one of us jesus and jesus is okay with that right i, I mean he would have to be okay with that um if he actually came to save the least of these like like he's talking about um this is a measurement of what the sabbath is for um is this a chance for you to impress god or is this an a chance for god to do something for you um when when we want to look at it as if the sabbath day exists for us to do something for for jesus well then i mean obviously uh, we're, we're going to justify the times that we broke all of the man-made rules that we would make about the sabbath that was really only instituted so that god could spend some time with us in the first place but if the Sabbath is about rest, if the Sabbath is about Jesus, rest in Jesus, same, same, um, yeah. that, then all of the sudden, uh, what if all of the work that was to be set aside on that day was simply set aside so that you can actually spend some time with God? What if uh, we should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and, and learn it? And so the important part of the Sabbath isn't what you're doing, but who you're spending it with. Namely, is, is Jesus around or not? Yeah. And so Jesus is this man with dropsies rest. Absolutely. He heals him. He heals mm -hmm. him. The guy can catch footballs like there's no tomorrow now. No butterfingers. Just everything just... It's a, it's a Snickers. Yeah. Well, no. those are good. I like, I like those. those. No three musketeers. You ever put a Snickers in the freezer? Yes. See. See? Mm -hmm. Yes. Have you ever have you ever deep fried a Snickers? I've I've never done it myself, but I've had one. No, I haven't. They're, I, they're, they're delicious. Yeah. Okay. So then after that, <clears throat> uh, then Jesus tells this parable, right? So uh, I, I'm not going to read it verse by verse, but I'm in. Uh, uh, chapter 14, verse 7. 
Uh, and he tells this parable to all those who have been invited, right? Later on, he's going to turn to the, the guy who's throwing the, uh, the shindig. But here he's turning to all the people who uh, have been invited. And he says, when you're invited to somebody's house or when you're invited actually to a wedding feast, don't sit down in the place of honor. Let someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come up and say to you, uh, give your place to this person. And then you'll begin with shame to go and take your place at the lowest spot. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, <clears throat> Jesus isn't, I don't think, necessarily uh, telling you uh, how to how to win the uh, the wedding party, right? Win friends and influence people. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't think that's what he's doing there. <clears throat> um, although. Practically speaking, I guess what he is giving is is good practical advice because the last thing that you want to do uh, is uh, be the uh, the inebriated uncle who shows up to the wedding uh, the wedding feast before the uh, wedding party and you sit at the head table right where the the groom's supposed to sit right. Don't be that guy. It, it went poorly for you. I mean, I got <laughs> you. You're gonna. You're gonna be asked to move uh, at, to to probably the kitty. Well, not the kitty table. You're drunk, so uh, you're not gonna be asked to move there, right? In this analogy. But so yeah, okay, fine. Practically speaking, this is this is fine. But it's more than that. And again, it, it's got to be more than that. <clears throat> the object lesson, the poor object lesson, the guy who used to have dropsy. Uh, and can you imagine that? Like I, all of these miracles of healing that Jesus does. Um, you know, they happen seemingly immediately, mm -hmm. right? That's just got to be the craziest thing. Like the guy with the withered hand who immediately his hand isn't withered anymore. It's not like uh, in a week or so his hand got better. It's like everybody who was there saw this hand. Right. Even more so like the, the lepers. Right? Um, I, I mean, yeah. to, to all of a sudden not have your flesh rotting off of your body, I got to think would be marked as a good day. Um, yeah. But, but the, yeah, this guy who's, who has, uh, you know, his face and his fingers and his legs just swelling with all of this extra fluid and immediately it just go to normal with no repercussions whatsoever. It's just got to be crazy. It's going to be like the resurrection. Like we're just going to wake up oh. and, and look at ourselves and be like, wow, all of a sudden I am not... Um, maimed or old or crippled or you know drowning or how <laughs> coronavirus this is what i was supposed to look like the whole time <laughs> I, I, that's got to be just it's going to be a stunning revelation um I, I think um second only to seeing our lord yeah so jesus is saying here that uh uh he's doing that very thing that his parable's all about right because everybody who's there is viewing themselves as the most important thing. Everybody who has been invited to this 
uh, to this party uh, has got such a bloated understanding of who they are in and of themselves, as if they are clean in and of themselves and holy in and of themselves, and they compare them can compare themselves with the guy who has dropsy or used to have dropsy, and they probably still do, much in the same way as the Pharisees chase out that guy who was born blind that Jesus heals, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it doesn't matter that you can see now. Uh, you're still not part of the synagogue. Right, which says a lot that all of the, the reasons that we, we would sort of set somebody out and aside, they're usually not the real reason. Um, there, there's something else going on because even after Jesus were to address these reasons over and over again, none of these people are necessarily received with joy. Yeah. Like it, that this man with dropsy is, is suddenly better um, and the party doesn't erupt in cheers. Um, that, that their you know uncle who just happened to show up is all of a sudden better. Um, that speaks volumes. Um, eh. I, I think it's got to. The fact that these people uh, don't really care about these uh, lesser individuals, uh, the fact that uh, the the man with dropsy, who is in his in his own flesh, he is unclean. In his own flesh, he is not worthy to be around God. He's not worthy to be in the temple. He's not worthy really to be at that house, and is only there so that people can make fun of him and they can put Jesus down. Uh, and now. He's healed, and that uncleanness has been taken away from him. And it seems as if none of that matters to these people. Right. But it does to Jesus. And so in time and space, he's actually fulfilling his very uh, parable that he's telling here. He has just, he has just exalted this man who was the least person at that entire But again, like, it's it's all about what you think the Sabbath day should be. Um, If you think the Sabbath day is your chance to show off to God, what does it matter that somebody else is healed? But if you think it's, it's, it's the Sabbath day is designed for Jesus to give mercy to sinners, then all of a sudden this is the greatest thing in the world. Um, If you're not actually pleased by the fact that God would forgive somebody else's sins in church, uh, that says more about you than it does about them. Uh, The the real problem uh, lies probably somewhere other than the things that you've managed to do to show off to God. Look what I made. Look what I did. Well, and so, and this is the, the complete uh, misunderstanding of uh, holiness and cleanliness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, it, and it goes, it goes back to the Old Testament. It goes back to the, uh, the Levitical um, understanding, the, the tabernacle, the temple. And this is what the, the Pharisees and everybody at this party was so uh, enamored with. And, they had it completely misunderstood uh, to where, like you have been saying, the, the whole misunderstanding of the Sabbath. What's the purpose of the Sabbath? What was the purpose of the tabernacle? What was the purpose of the temple? It was so that the Lord could be present with his people and make them mm-hmm. holy. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He has become this man with dropsy's Sabbath. And nobody could care less. That's that's amazing though that that the Sabbath is is measured not in a day but but in a person that that you're you're saying that the Sabbath is is measured uh, not in what you're doing but but whether or not Jesus is there um, whether like he, that Jesus is the Sabbath that that's that's an amazing thing. Yeah, and so I'm I'm holy because Christ has made me holy. This man is clean, literally, because in the flesh, Christ has made him clean. And in a spiritual understanding as well, has, has become this man's Sabbath. That's amazing. So he, he is exalted 
above everybody else. Not just uh, the fact that uh, that Jesus, uh, uh, the, the the cool kid at the party, uh, made friends with the nerd, and now the nerd is cool. That's not what's going on here. It's that uh, he's taken away this man's uh, uncleanliness, unholiness, and made him holy. And said, everybody, look, this man is holy. Not because of anything he did, but because I have made I him. like how you managed to reference and literally you... every 80s and 90s movie all at once by the nerd that comes cool son. <laughs> Isn't that the premise of all of them? You, you were painting with too broad a brush there. <laughs> we, can't, we can't use any of the rest of those for the rest of the, as they're the podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, I did uh, every Molly Ringwald, uh, John Cusack, Breakfast Club, Caddyshack. They're all it's, there. It's, it's, all, all it's all done. They're all there. It was worth it. <laughs> it was. It was great. There's got yeah. Okay. So uh, all right. So now we're gonna move into uh, the parable. The parable. Right? Well, maybe. So so what's weird about it to you? Like what what's standing? But we're out? not there yet. Oh fine. Because then he actually says to the guy who invited him. Right, so first he's he's had a word for the man with dropsy, then he has a word for all the invited guests, and now he has the word for the guy who's thrown the party. And the word for the guy who's thrown the party is, hey, if you really want to be great, don't invite uh, everybody who thinks they're good in and of themselves. And Jesus doesn't say it in that way. He says it this way, and you read it earlier. But he says, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors. You know what? Because they're going to be able to invite you right back. And really, all you guys are doing when you get together is you're getting together and you're slapping each other on the back and, and saying, look at us. We are uh, the holy ones. Look at us. We are the righteous, clean ones. That's who we are. What does the repayment have to do with it, too, though? Where at? What do you mean? Um, he says, don't invite people that, that can repay you. Invite the ones who can't repay you. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it, it's, it's funny that, that when we talk about the Sabbath, um, uh, again, is the Sabbath sort of uh, about uh, works or is the Sabbath about grace? Is the Sabbath then about a day where you can do some work to cash in on a reward later? Or is the Sabbath simply about mercy being doled out to those who don't deserve it? Uh, again, these are two just diametrically opposed approaches to, well, religiosity in general. That that um, most of the time we want to deal with God, we, we deal not only in circles that, that are more comfortable to us, um, but but also in, in a give and take, in, in a buy and sell kind of relationship with, with God. And so, yeah, God, maybe you're throwing a, a shindig for us on, on Sunday morning and we should come. But this has got to be... Uh, there's got to be a catch. Like church has got to be set up so that now that you've heard the gospel, go out and do the law. Now that you know that Jesus loves you, here's the catch. You got to pay him back for the meal. Next week, this one's on you. But that that's set so wildly apart from what Jesus says that the the Sabbath day, the meal, the 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 banquet is set up for those who have no way possible to pay back the man who just fed them. They invite the poor and the crippled, the lame and the blind. But be all the more blessed because they cannot repay you. That, that God is actually all the more blessed, all the more uh, enriched, all the more um, elated to provide for those who cannot pay him back. That he would pour out mercy, forgiveness, hope, peace, resurrection to you and to me who have no chance of paying him back at all actually makes his life better, his sacrifice wonderful. 
<clears throat> yeah, and and notice the notice the four people that Jesus is encouraging uh, this man to invite. Uh, not only is it the people who can't repay him, which is uh, absolutely true, right? It's the poor and where's it at? The Thirteen. The poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. All right. So not only is it that, but but let us put ourselves into this man's uh, shoes and and how he understands the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Not only are these people just uh, economically poor or physically disabled in some sort of, they are unclean, right? They have, again, they have no place in this man's house. They have no place in the temple. They have no place in God's presence uh, because they are unclean and unholy. And Jesus is saying, hey, uh, invite them. Uh, invite them to your table. Invite them to the banquet. Almost as if he's saying, uh, yeah, this is this is what my banquet's going to look like. It's going to look like a bunch of people who don't deserve to be there. Who shouldn't be there. A bunch of people that, that uh, you, with your uh, self-righteous uh, fulfilling of the law, would never, ever in a million years invite. That's who's going to be at my table. That's one of the more offensive things about communion. Like once you, the more you hear about it, the more offensive this meal that our Lord would give us would be. Like it's one thing for for Jesus to simply say, "Take and eat my body and blood, drink my blood for the forgiveness of sins." But when you actually start thinking about the forgiveness of sins part of it, it's all the more wild that um, we we commune with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, those who have passed out of the valley of shadow of death and into the the life to come, those who have fled from sin through the grave and back out again, that they are clean and holy and they literally kneel right down with us in the muck and the mire of our sin so that we can receive forgiveness. Like walk down the communion aisle and recognize everybody you say the body of Christ for you as you you place the host in their, their mouth or maybe their hand, um, that, that they are not just sort of there to show Jesus that they're down with him, but they're, they're on hands and knees begging for a meal. And God is in mercy providing everything that they need. Um, that communion is, is precisely given again, for the people who haven't earned the place at that table, but who desperately need it. Yeah, it's for sinners. Communion is for sinners who understand that they're sinners and, like you said, have nothing but an empty sack and say, Lord, fill it. I don't I don't deserve to be here. There's nothing I did that brought me to your table. But Jesus is saying, hey, invite those people. In essence, he's just saying, uh, "Okay, let me tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna invite all of the uh, the healthy people uh, to come to the doctor's office because uh, they don't need it, right? But I'm gonna invite all the sick people. I'm not gonna invite all the people who don't need uh, this meal, who don't need the forgiveness of sins. Oh, the only people who who uh, are worthy to come to my table are sinners." Which is a completely uh, upside down, backwards way of, of dealing with this. So you would ask, what's the weird thing? I think in order to see, uh, in order to see the weird thing in the upcoming parable, you have to get that first. Is Jesus is inviting sinners to his table? It's, it's jaw dropping, though. Like that. That's amazing. It's the only people who need it. Yeah. <clears throat> So then, 
And this is odd. Verse 15. What do you make of verse uh, 15? When one who uh, reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Uh, when I when I initially hear that, and I don't know necessarily the, the right answer. I think I know which way I'm going to go with it. When I initially hear that, I hear, I initially hear it as uh, this guy gets it. I don't think he does. Um but I don't think that's the case either. And I don't think it's just a, uh, this is, you know, what you, what you say either. Uh, I think it's, I think it's an attack against Jesus here. I think, I think the way that I, I, I hear it and maybe I'm wrong is this guy, this random guy who's uh, reclining at table, Jesus has healed a man with dropsy and made him clean. Uh, he's uh, talking about uh, uh, humbling yourself to be exalted. Then he's talking about inviting the lame and blah, 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 blah. And I think these guys are still stuck on, okay, fine. You're talking about all of this temporal stuff, whatever. Uh, yeah, blessed are those who are going to be at God's table. And I think this guy still thinks that people who are going to be at God's table, they're the Pharisees. They're the Sadducees. They're the scribes. They're the... They're the good people. Right. I I mean, just the, it, that it's immediately in response to the fact that there are going to be the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame being fed at the table of God. Um, when we say blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God, um, I got to think he still doesn't quite get it because Jesus will continue to go on and, and, and give this parable. I think if, if this was a, a profound uh, a confession of faith, uh, Jesus would laud it for, for what it is as he tends to do when people make these great confessions. But instead he goes on to actually explain in, in parable um, to those who have have ears to hear uh, that the kingdom of God is actually where the poor are being fed. Um, where this man, I think, as he confesses that the kingdom of God is, Lord, I can't wait for there to be a time when we don't need your help anymore. I can't wait for the kingdom of God where there's nothing wrong and there are no more poor people so that we can finally have bread. Um, if you want to sort of regulate the true Sabbath day to when you don't need Jesus anymore, you're going to miss the fact that the Sabbath day is set up specifically because you really need Jesus. Um, when, when we're looking forward so deeply to heaven, it's, it's great to look forward to heaven. It's wonderful to look forward to the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. But if you think that God won't have anything to do with you until you don't actually need him anymore, you are a far cry short of the Christianity where Jesus is insisting on gathering the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind into himself. I, I think that um, simply sort of saying, I can't wait till there's no more problems anymore, ignores the fact that Jesus comes into this world to bear our problems, our iniquities, our sins, our diseases, our sufferings all upon the cross so that we can say the kingdom of God is not um, measured by a lack of problems, but the presence of a savior. Yeah. And even in the hereafter, uh, who's, who's going to be there? Read Revelation. Jesus, who's going to be the light? It's the lamb. He's still going to be there present, which means uh, he is still the Sabbath. When you try and remove Jesus from the Sabbath, then you just do away with the Sabbath. Right. That's it's all just a you, day. That's all you um, another day marked by even more burden. Because if the Sabbath day is about rest, but yeah. you're going through more of a, a problem, more of a burden, more of a pain, to try and prove that you've rested correctly, I guarantee you, you've missed the whole point of the day. And and it actually takes a special kind of sinner to mess up y'all should rest. Um, <laughs> it's so tiring. <laughs> no, it doesn't take a special type of sinner. It takes a sinner. Because that's us all. All of us are special. <laughs> My Little League trophy says so, okay? Yeah. God, God says, uh, hey, I'm going to do it all for you. 
and our inclination is okay let me help you out can't be that free i gotta do something to pay you back <laughs> all right so anyways this this wrap uh this wrap up this parable. let's finally get to the parable even though we're let's like, wrap up this parable or finally get to this parable well, both right we're like how, how i don't long know we talked about nba this? jam for a while so um my clock isn't accurate yeah no mine isn't either oh man ah oh. that's good okay so you've got uh uh how mad were you uh, uh, for Michael ja- uh, Michael Jordan when he wasn't in the when, game? Uh, when he def- no 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 uh, when uh, he beat the uh, the Mark Price Cavaliers. So like I was a tyke back year. then, and and so I knew that something bad had happened because okay. my dad was screaming at the TV. But like also I grew up a Browns <laughs> fan, and so I just thought that was sports. Like I understand my dad okay. yelling at the TV was just the mark of whether or not there was a game on, not whether. Or not. I never had a winning team. Yeah, because it's because it, it was Cleveland. Yeah, like they would do just well enough every once in a while to give you a little bit of hope and then crush it, um, and then they'd just be the yeah. laughing stock for a while, and then they do just well enough to give you a little bit of hope, and then they crush it. And this is this is every Cleveland sport. It's amazing uh, until um, yeah. our well, two thousand sixteen. We got our our title with with LeBron. Remember, remember uh, nineteen eighty seven and John Elway. I was three, but um, I actually can still uh, remember that I'm, I'm not supposed to like the Broncos. Um, I think this is why we're such good friends. Um. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. we're like the fox and the hound. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, here's the parable. Uh, a man once gave a, a great banquet and invited many. Right, um, so he invites people. And it's it's interesting. He invites the people. It, it seemingly that uh, everybody thinks should be invited, right? That's how Jesus is starting off this parable. Uh, and all of these people say no. They all come up with excuses, <clears throat> which in that day and age, um, and and I'm no anthropologist, and I, I don't know all this specifically, but from the things that I've I've, I've read and the commentaries that I've read, uh, in that day and age, in that society, in Middle Eastern society, if you were invited. <clears throat> to uh, a big wedding feast. You're actually supposed to right? go. Or, bi- or a great banquet. Uh, you didn't make an excuse. You showed up there, right? It's like the Midwest. I mean, it's, just, it's still true. Yeah. You, you, you do everything you can. And it doesn't matter what you got on your plate, right? You do everything you can to get there. That's what you do. Um, and yet we've got three individuals. So presumably... Uh, this three individuals is is supposed to show us that everybody who has been invited or almost everybody who's been invited has made up these excuses, well they're midwestern right? excuses like there's they're stuff i actually heard when i served in nebraska <laughs> i've got to plow the field just got a cow gotta examine the herd yeah and i got married <laughs> bring your wife yeah why don't you just yeah. bring her Good. I want to meet her. You know, I actually saw you guys. Uh, I, I was I was there at the wedding. I made it here. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, but no. So you got these three individuals who who are making this uh, these excuses. I think that has uh, a lot to do. Uh, and I think the hearers of that parable would realize, uh, wow, Jesus is making these three people out to be very rude. Uh, at, at the very least, very rude people, because you don't do that. 
If there's a great man who's throwing a great banquet and you're invited, you show mm-hmm. up there. You don't just make right. excuses, right? But these people who were invited uh, are going to make excuses. Now, presumably, what, what does uh, somebody, a great man who throws a great banquet and, and can't have the great banquet filled with great people, what would you do? Presumably, you would shut down the banquet and not have a party. I Cry alone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, instead, this guy uh, tells his servants, his slaves, okay, go out uh, and get the lame and the blind and the crippled and the poor people. Go out in the city and find everybody, everybody that you could find who's just hanging out in the gutters. Because I'm having a party and everybody's invited. So bring them in here, right? Uh, who, who are those people? Me. No, actually, it is you. Yeah. It's, it's not me. It is you, though. Mm, I come do. later. You, you, you're compelled in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm compelled in. Yeah. No, but you're right. It's it's everybody. Uh, it's all the, the, the Jewish people uh, who aren't at uh, the, the, the Pharisees' banquet. Right? It's all the, the people who aren't worthy. It's, it's, the, it's the sinful. Yeah. It's the people in the margins of society. It's the people who haven't earned it and are well aware that they haven't earned it. These are the people who, I mean, whether or not they would want to come in the first place, they never had that opportunity. Um, it was it was marked to them that this is not for you. It's the it's sinner. Me. Yeah. It's the sinner. Yeah. It's the sinner. And so uh, the the slaves do this, right? They go out. And so that's the weird, that's the weird thing in this parable that, that he's inviting sinners. Uh, so uh, he does this, uh, and you know what? Lo and behold, there's more room. There's more room at the wedding. There's more room at this great banquet. And so then he sends his his uh, he sends his servant out to the highways and byways, and he says, "Just get every random stranger uh, that you could ever find and bring him in here. Get the Gentiles too." So just think about. Uh, all the Pharisees sitting at this this wonderful house, uh, at this wonderful banquet, uh, and in the matter of I don't know how long would it take Jesus to to, to do all this five minutes, uh, he has just completely crushed their whole expectation of what holy, what good, what um, clean is right. Because first it was a man with dropsy. Okay, well maybe he wasn't a poor man with dropsy. Maybe it was just a a poor guy who got dropsy, right? I mean, whatever. Um, and then it turned out to be the the sinners and the poor people and the lame and the blind. And then Jesus is saying, oh yeah, and go get the Gentiles too. The worst of the worst. Right. This story almost really undoes any idea that, that uh, Jesus' uh, recommendation for where to sit at the party is about how to look good. Like, honestly, he, he starts with this idea of here's how to not embarrass yourself at a party. And then he utterly shows up to the Pharisee's house and wrecks it. Like, he, he leaves them sitting in stunned yeah. silence about the offensive things that he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's... He, he ruins the whole part. He speaks about the things that you're not supposed to speak right. about. Right. Like, this was, honestly, this was my favorite thing to do at uh, Thanksgiving for a little while. It's like, you just mentioned politics. And then just, like, sit back and relax while the room implodes. Um, Jesus just sets the whole yeah. thing on fire. So he's got to be talking about more than just sort of how to outwardly behave and look good in public. Yeah. it's It's got to be that. And, and, and it is. It, he is... 
he is explaining at a banquet what his banquet actually looks like. And it looks like it's full of a bunch of sinners. And not just sinners, guys. Hey, get this. Uh, Gentiles. Like the sinner's sinner. The real sinners. The ones that nobody, that nobody would have fathomed would have been part of this. I, I, could, I could somehow uh, think in some crazy dream uh, that a sinful Jew could be there. But now a Gentile? Jesus, you've gone too far. And for us, that's the way that we should be viewing the Lord's Supper, I believe, is this supper uh, is for the sinner. Yeah, that sinner, that one that you're thinking about right now. Jesus is for that sinner. Yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly. So we kind of worked through the parable. Uh, do you have any more on there? I've got one question for you. No. Um one of uh, one of the, the famous uh, laws to understand the gospel uh, when, when dealing with parables, uh, because you haven't rolled your eyes at me yet, um, we, we don't want to push too far in parables. Um, we, we don't want to push too far uh, on any of these, these things that our Lord would give, um, because we, we can find ourselves in a place where, um, in, in trying to run to the extremes of, of the fringes of the parable, we end up contradicting the clear word of God. Um, uh, is there a place here that, that you could push it too far and end up someplace that you shouldn't be? I'm sure there is, and I'm sure you have that in mind. So why don't you tell me where we could go too far? I I just might I I I want to put this out to you and just have you respond to it. Um, what do you take then uh, of okay. uh, the the master who then compels people to come in that the house would be filled? Are, are you saying that um that that I don't know there might be some sort of hypothetical irresistible grace? Okay. No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think the compelling, again, uh, and again, I'm no anthropologist, again, I'll say that, uh, but from the commentaries that, that I've read uh, of people who are smarter than me and supposedly uh, uh, studied this, um, uh, where, they, where they go with this, because that is a weird, a weird word, right? That is an irresistible grace sort of uh, Calvin word. Um, where they go with this is in that day and age... Uh, you were almost required when you uh, were, if, if ever you were offered something that you were so unworthy that you knew shouldn't be yours, uh, you, you were required to decline it. You had to say no. That was what society uh, deemed appropriate. So these people out on the highways and byways, um, uh, the honor is way too, way too great for them to go into this city and go to this great man's uh, banquet. They're, they're, they are required to say no. And so this compelling uh, isn't a, uh, uh, you know, tying them, uh, you know, foot and hand together and picking them up and carrying them in. Uh, it's this, uh, no, 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 all that's done. No, 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 you have no excuses. You can come. It's for you too. Trust me. Nope. Don't say yeah, another that, word. That I like because Come I mean, for, for this to be then sort of a, a, an idea that, that um, there is irresistible grace. Um, it would mean then, what does it say then to those who were invited initially but didn't come, that, but that their invitation was fake? That, that God actually, you know, talks about wanting the whole world, but doesn't actually want certain people. Um, and that can't possibly be true for our Lord said he died for all of the world. Um, well, and look, 
then look at verse 24 because uh, verse 24 says for i tell you none of those men who are invited mm -hmm. shall taste my banquet again like you said that's not a fake invitation this isn't yeah this isn't a, a prescription like that like you said it's a fake this is a description i think he's describing like everybody who's invited they should be here i want them to the the party's for them and they're not but I think, you know, this is this is the definition then of what is a Sabbath day that we've been kicking around this whole way along. Like if you actually believe that Jesus is truly present in church for you, you're compelled to go. It's not of the law. It's like faith in Jesus goes to Jesus. Uh, if I'm hungry, I am compelled to go to the refrigerator. Um, if this is where the food is, I want to go to that place. That the good news that is, is so sweet to these people who are invited to the party that if they actually understand that they get to be in the presence of the true master, they get to be in, in the presence of God Almighty, well, where else do they want to be? Um, and we recognize this again, like sadly right now, we're getting into an all too normal um, self-quarantine where, um, where we're streaming services digitally and it, it's gone on long enough where um, I, more and more as I talk to my folks, um, they're getting antsy about it. Like we want, we don't want to be reckless. We don't want to be dangerous. But at the same time, we actually want to be back within our Lord's house to sing his praises because we expect him to be there too. Faith in Jesus goes to Jesus because where else is it going to go? Um, this is, I, I think, that the compulsion, not of the law, but just the, of, of, of a, a the the faith the, the trust the hope and a promise so unimaginably great that i mean man I, i'm not going to pass that up i agree Hooray. that was good well done self high five well done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm too cool for that i'm not <laughs> uh what do we got next week i don't know uh i think uh next week we have got uh a bit of a hodgepodge. We're doing the prodigal son, aren't we? But um, in, in addition to that, uh, there, there were a couple of... Uh, there was lost sheep and lost coin and prodigal yeah. son all smashed together. It's going to be okay. a good one. All right, dibs. Yeah. Yep, done. All, all right. right. Out. Peace. Ramadan. Won't you come see about me? I'll be alone dancing, you know it, baby. Tell me your troubles and doubts, giving me everything inside and out. And love strange, so real in the dark. Think of the tender things that we were working on. Slow change may pull us apart When the light gets into your heart, baby Don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't Don't you forget about me